2: Hello, ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 228 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Anti-Gamma with Holy Hand that comes off of their new album and their first in seven years whiteout coming July 15th on Self Made God Records. Polish grind veterans they are uh, and they've always stood out to me and many other people because they don't have a typical grind artwork. You know, it's that simple. It can sometimes be that simple to stick out in a genre full of everybody who looks the same Is to just make your logo legible. I talked about that a little bit recently when I was speaking to Mark of Misery Index and Anti-Gamma has done something even more plain. And it works. Their new album cover, um, it looks like a, a totally legible <laughs> album cover and it works for them. Everybody knows who Anti-Gamma is in the metal world and everybody's going to know who... And if they don't, they're gonna definitely know who they are after they hear "Whiteout" on July fifteenth through Self Made God Records. There is also a video for this track that was done by Chariot of Black Moth. If you haven't seen those videos before, they're all pretty similar. It's black and white, um, and uh, let's let's call it um, unpleasant imagery. But some people like it, right? I think I find it a little disturbing to look at. Not like not like I gotta turn away disturbing, just more like you know that was unpleasant. Uh, But anyway, it's pleasant to listen to So check it out, Anti-Gamma, Holy Hand, available now everywhere Speaking of extreme music that's pleasant to listen to On this episode of the podcast, I have Mitch Romer of Neolithic We're talking about their new record, Shattering Vessels, out now on the other records So let's get into it
3: Check it! Family and a friend, make friends and enemies enemy. to my family, make friends till they bury all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out. We'll be getting it in. Why are you getting it out? I in all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out. We'll be getting it in. Why are you getting it out? Get in!
2: No, your eyes and ears are not deceiving you. This is the second episode of Getting It Out Podcast in one week. It's been a while since I've done that. I am a prolific worker. I do so much. I I am, I am. can't believe I can keep up this pace. Really what it is, though, I'm just making up for the weeks where I didn't put anything out. So, let's get moving. Speaking of people who don't do a lot of work, do you ever get new neighbors and when they first show up, they're like, hey, I'm going to do real good. I'm going to make my lawn look real nice. I'm going to garden But then you're looking at them, you're like, I don't know, man, you're kind of fat. I don't know if you can keep this pace up. And then sure as shit, within a couple weeks, their lawn's overgrown. Their weeds are all over the place. Does somebody even live here? There's newspapers all over their driveway. Now, my neighbors may have died. I'm not sure. But it doesn't look like it. It just looks like they don't take care of the place. And when I'm saying my neighbors, I'm talking about down around the corner, right? So it's really just something I see every now and then. It doesn't bother me that much, but it's enough that I can come on here and complain about it. I can tell you that much. Because I'm potentially going to have new neighbors, really next door neighbors, very soon. Although the housing market seems to have dried up all of a sudden. I believe that has something to do with the feds raising the interest rate. Don't ask me. I don't know shit. I'm just parroting stuff other people said to me. But that's what's going on. I'm a little worried I'm going to end up with Asian neighbors that don't mow their lawn very well because they usually don't and like to have a lot of flower pots that usually do. All right. These 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 are facts. And if you can show me a study that proves otherwise, well, I'll take your word for it. You do the research. Then you tell me. But until then, I'm right about everything that I just said. Anyway, let's get to the important stuff on this episode of the podcast. Mitch Romer from Neolithic. You might know him from Pulling Teeth. You might know him from Ruiner. There's a possibility you might know him from Old Lines as well. He's been in a lot of bands and played a lot of metallic or rock and roll music. And the latest from him is Shattering Vessels. Not just him. He's got other guys in the band. But that's who I'm talking to on this one. Um, there is a lot of uh, ex-members of in this band. And you would uh, you would like for me to read that list to you. And I'm not going to do it. I'm going to keep that one to myself. Keep it that to myself, and I want you to uh, listen to a track from Neolithic. That's what we usually do here. I play you a song, and you go, okay, I like that. That's good. And then uh, we go into the episode, the interview, and I'm going to do that here right now. I'm going to play the title track from Shattering Vessels. It's called Shattering Vessels. Check it out.
0: got a new record coming out with neolithic we do we have a new record it's lp it's technically coming out june 10th on a cd and and digital and whatnot through the other records which is a record label from finland that is uh uh, at least partly ran by jason netherton who's actually from baltimore Um, that's (laughs) yeah that, that doesn't make
2: much sense but it
0: works it does work
2: well uh neolithic i think i blur neolithic and old lines together when it comes to you being in a band how much do those bands actually blur together other than the
0: fact that you were in both those bands that's pretty much it um i think i was heavy-handed in the songwriting for both bands so there's probably a little bit of a sonic similarity although the rhythm sections are, are completely different and uh, mm-hmm. um you know com- two completely different mindsets um and i guess neolithic would be, you know <clears throat> be a little bit more metal whereas old is a little bit more punk but yeah. it, it, to me to me it's you know not that it sounds the same in my head today, but it's just you know i, I I'm, I'm not necessarily doing anything different i'm just playing with different people if that makes sense
2: Right. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think anything about the sounds is what I mean. I just I think when I think of what you were doing and what I was last aware of when I was still in Baltimore, I think you were doing old Mm -hmm. lines then. Mm -hmm. And now you're doing this. And to me, time stood still since I left down there, You know, (laughs) which is like, which is I think. And you'll have to teach me. Tell me because I want to know was I left in like 2016. So when did Neolithic begin
0: right after that? Because old lines kind of fizzled out in 2016 and then uh, um being and, and uh john john uh who plays drums we just started playing music together for a few months and we were just you know just writing music we had a general idea to eventually start a band and then uh, um our singer evan i guess perhaps caught wind of that and messaged me and, you know just pretty much asked if we wanted to start a band and start writing music together and then we kind of you know put a lineup together and started playing shows here and there we released uh, um at a three song like you know demo or ep whatever you want to call it through deep six mm-hmm. and a uh, split with with martyr Dud, which was fucking awesome so yeah i've got i've
2: got all those things well I, I got a seven inch and the split well i guess that's a split seven inch as well um is that all that there is so far for neolithic uh, until we did now. a
0: we did like a digital EP um, that came out like right before the pandemic. So we, you know, couldn't do anything, <laughs> uh, couldn't build up any any momentum or even play it, um, you know. So, and then also Jason actually put that out on the other records too, uh, via cassette, which is also ready to be released like right before the pandemic, which we couldn't, you know, do anything about. Yeah. So, um, and then we kind of just like kept in touch. And, you know, during the course of the pandemic, obviously everyone was like playing guitar or writing music and, you know, just working on, you know, their products because, you know, you couldn't do anything else. So during that time period, we wrote about seven or eight more songs and kind of tracked an LP and, you know, going to release it this Friday.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this Friday already. Well, let's before we get way into that, let's go back much farther for you personally when did you get
0: involved with all this extreme music or whatever you want to call it what was your introduction uh, it right in freshman year in high school um someone i had just started learning how to play bass and uh i had a friend who was they were trying to start a punk band and they gave me a um you know a mixtape of the kennedy's uh bad brains minor threat and that was pretty much the gateway into everything so um and it was funny like i don 't even think I actually ever played a show with that band it was It was called apache resistance um but uh yeah we we i think the band ended up playing a few shows, but I eventually quit just you know because I it was really happening. Cause <clears throat> we were all young we didn 't really know what we were doing, so but yeah, it's pretty so much that, did you say uh apache resistance apache resistance like were you guys like? <laughs> <laughs> and we, fighting we, the indians we, we or were... we were the, the punkest of the punk for whatever reason <laughs> that name just rolled off the tongue of uh, one of the drummers that we were playing with for like three weeks and then we just didn't hear from him again so <laughs> it, it was just yeah it was some goofy nonsense that's good no i like i like the uh the the old
2: band names
3: mm-hmm.
2: they're usually pretty good but at least you didn't get stuck with uh you know sometimes you start a band and you get stuck with like the a, a name like you could have been like apache mitch all these years
0: yeah. Right. Right. No, that that would be uh,
2: that would be pretty cool. You could wear, you know, beads and uh, put a yeah. braid in your hair or something. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you look good with a braid. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. So you started doing that early on, and then where were you? Where were you growing
0: up? I grew up in Baltimore, uh, technically in Towson. Um, pretty much grew up there. Went to high school there. Um, yeah, we were, you know, typical like you know dudes get into in, into punk bands and stuff like that we'd you know go hang out at the mall friday night or we'd go to like the you know whatever punk show at 10 car pilot was happening yeah
2: a good mall Ta- what, towson town center is that was called
0: Yep, that's a that's a good
2: that's a good suburban kid mall
0: oh yeah it was, it was straight out of out of slc punk pretty much it's just you know hanging out in the corner and when, when the mall closed we would all, always get in trouble or get kicked out of the mall it was you know typical typical punk shenanigans I
2: vaguely remember a record and tape traders across the street from there.
0: And uh, yeah, that's all. That's my, (laughs) that's
2: that's my mall (laughs) anecdote.
0: It was, it was, it was funny. It was like, you know, before social media and everything, it was, you know, you do your rounds through the mall you go hit the record store or, you know, go up to the corner at the Towson Commons where where the movies are playing or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever park that was around. So no, that's cool.
2: So what was, what was happening then in Maryland, Hardcore punk, whatever. What was what was happening when you were a kid? Who was the who was the band? Um,
0: the band. God. Um th- there are always like there never was the band, I feel like, in Baltimore, but there's always like an eclectic group of bands either in Towson, for example, or there would be like a group of bands that are all friends together in Parkville, um, in these little suburbs around Baltimore, um, Essex and Bel Air and Harford County. Um And it wasn't until we all got kind of older when the bands are actually starting to turn into like real functioning bands before that it was mostly like just local shows. Right. Um, Not, not like, not necessarily battle of the band stuff, but like stuff like that, that, you know, made sense for younger kids to play, but it was never like build club events that didn't start happening until we were like 18 or 19. Um, And that's when uh, um, one of the bands that, that, like preceded uh, band uh, Ruiner that I was in beforehand was the band called Farwell Hope Yeah, Rob was in, the singer, and the the other guitar player, Danny, and stuff like that. I feel like once they were kind of establishing themselves a band around the area and actually playing out, that's when a lot of more bands started, you know, following suit. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there there might be people who disagree with me and whatnot, but, you know, if it wasn't for the groundwork, I think, that Rob put in um, to Farwell Hope, Uh, there wouldn't have been as many of bands that were coming out of Baltimore. So I think between the work he did with that band and also locally in in show spaces and stuff like that, and just like making shit happen, um, a lot of credit can be given to him for, you know, a a lot of bands that I guess you can say turn into bigger bands and, you know, touring acts and stuff like that. So.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I think it's, I think looking back even, well, I'd say back to around then with, with, with maybe a little later when you, you were in Ruiner, you were in Pulling Teeth. And then there was, you know, bands like Trapped Under Ice, and now there's Turnstile and whatever. The thing, one of the things that I've always appreciated is that Baltimore seems to always have a band in it to yeah. some degree, and mm-hmm. it doesn't usually sound like one of the ones that came before. Like there's not a there's not a city sound. Mm-hmm. There's not, you know, it's a it's it's, I
0: don't it's know, the I don't, of, of different types of bands that have come out of here. It's it's awesome um i i you know uh, still i think a lot of bands fly under the radar just because we're from baltimore
3: <laughs> um
0: but yeah it's it's really just about th- th- there's so many different directions that you know people that i grew up with went in terms of not even just music but just like art in general um it, it there's so many different directions so many different types of bands so many different like show spaces that were happening um baltimore has always been kind of like a You know, uh, an incubator for for cool stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, And yeah, unfortunately, I was able to witness a lot of that myself too. And it still seems to be happening. So, Mm-hmm. I guess
0: it is. It's it is definitely not the same people, right? It's, yeah, No, know. It's, it's a whole new wave of people that I, I've never, you know, seen before, met before. And, and with that being said, too, I haven't obviously been anywhere in the last two or three years until recently. Um, but there, it just seems like there's a whole new crew of bands that just popped up. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say kids because they're, to me, they're kids because they're in the early 20s and stuff like that. But there's a whole new crop of bands that are, are doing cool shit, making shit happen, still having house shows. Um, just doing interesting things, so it's it's yeah. awesome to see that, and also like you know, still you know, inspiring too. Like, it, it still makes me want to keep writing music and whatnot. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Well, you've you like you mentioned, you were in Ruiner. I mentioned pulling teeth. Were you an original member of either of those bands? Yeah, when Ruiner
0: started, Ruiner it, it was when Farewell Hope was fizzling out, and I was in um, uh, another band called the Fall Line and um, you know well i was still in the band when ruiner started pretty much so ruiner started it was for all hope they added me changed the name to ruiner you know made a demo started playing shows but during the course of that i realized too that you know the way ruiner wanted to tour um you know i had to pretty much leave the other band too yeah. so yeah we wrote a three-star demo and just started touring non-stop did you know uh, what was it i think a five song seven inch and it turned into like a seven song like cd ep tour nonstop. take a quick break write an lp tore non-stop and it was just relentless <laughs> so but it's what we wanted to do at the time too so that was our common ground and did you you
2: of course eventually joined pulling teeth was that did, did you coexist in both those bands I don't remember
0: no 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 i left ruiner uh, because we were like touring relentlessly to the point right. where it just wasn't working out and it, it was like you know wasn't handled great by either by either end unfortunately but it was kind of you know time for me to go and then uh i think robbie had a joke when, when pulling teeth and ruiner played a show together one time when we were um uh, <clears throat> when i was in pulling teeth and, and pulling teeth was turning into like the retirement plan for touring bands so <laughs> I, th- I thought it was funny which is which is true we were all kind of like you know it, it was it was a lot it, i don't regret any of it it was, it was super cool awesome experiences both good and bad I learned a lot from it um but yeah it was i think one year we were gone for seven or eight months straight <clears throat> yeah, and even if, like, I, I, I remember we did like a record release tour um for our first bridge nine record and uh, we had this big dumb shuttle bus uh, it was the worst idea ever to get this thing. Um, it was sitting on a lot for two years. I think it got five miles to the gallon. So somehow we did a whole whole US tour with this big stupid bus. Um, we got down to Dallas and it just stopped going past 20 miles an hour. And uh, we limped it over the course of like five days trying to figure out what to do and make it to California. We only made it like an hour west of El Paso before we realized we had to like cancel the tour, try to sell the bus uh, we learned, you know, quickly that shuttle buses are not meant to go 70 miles an hour, eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. We still got some money for it. run a U-Haul, um, you know, drove 36 hours back to Baltimore straight, you know, all of us, I'm sure at one point or another, we're, were questioning our life choices while we were sitting in that U-Haul because I remember the most comfortable spot in the U-Haul truck was like, you know, driving. So I drove the first eight or nine hours until we got pulled over by cops because uh, I think Danny and Steve were in the back with uh, one of the panels on, on the top of like the, the sliding door for it. It yeah. was down, but I, I, I guess they were, you know, doing the universal like honk sign to any 18 wheelers that were driving by. So obviously that got the attention of cops, pulled us over, <laughs> you know, basically scored us, yelled at us, tried to go rent his car, didn't obviously do that, just kept driving home. So it was, you know, we were all questioning our life choices at that point, but- we That's funny, how,
2: how old were you, would you have been then? <laughs>
0: 22 maybe. Oh Jesus. Yeah. That was and all this, right. So this does was, that make like, sense. Then? this was our fourth or fifth us tour. that was the other thing too. I think we could only get like motel rooms or hotel rooms because maybe I was like 23, 24, but like, I, I don't even think most of us were old enough to be able to get like a hotel room on our credit card or rent a car. You know, so it's 25, we just, I think is the, is the rent-a-car yeah. age. I think at yeah. that point, like Steve was the only one who was 25. So we were very limited in what we could do and where we could stay. Um, Cause there's plenty of times too, when I look back, i like, why the hell did we get a hotel instead of staying in like, you know, this empty barbershop in Rochester, New York, <laughs> when it was 19 degrees outside in January, that makes no sense. Um, but you know, we couldn't, couldn't get anywhere. So, but um yeah, yeah we know, went back to Baltimore 36 hours, you know, you know, just, another tour and went right back out there after we got a new van. just kept going until it was kind of like you know just you know too much <laughs> how many years ago was that now <sighs> see i laughed in the beginning of 2008.
2: wow so, whatever so the is. that that's it's funny awesome. it's funny that like a, a band like ruiner seems uh I, like it doesn't seem like it i guess because I, I remember it coming and going I don't know what I'm trying to say. It seems like it was, it was more recent <laughs> than, well, than I, that.
0: I about that too, because I was just thinking earlier today, just randomly, like I just realized I've been married for almost, you know, five years and it doesn't seem like it's five years ago. I don't know if it has something to do with the pandemic specifically, but I do think maybe, that's, I think that's thrown a, that that's, for sure. That's messed up some timetables. One long year for sure. You know, yeah. the last two and a half years or so um, felt like one long year, but I, I don't know, maybe because we have the internet, um, you know, and, and, you know, photo apps and stuff like that, that we have constant access to memories and photos and stuff like that. Maybe it doesn't seem like that long ago because we have everything still in front of us. So we can go back and look at right. yeah, I mean, daily reminders of what happened two years ago on Facebook for better or worse. Um, so so maybe in that context Like timelines don't last long And I th- I've thought about this too Like if it's helped, I mean not if It definitely has like, helped prolong certain bands' careers So like mm-hmm. a five year gap In between you know LPs doesn't seem that long again Whereas like I remember when I was younger And you know for example Nine Inch Nails just put out a new record But it was like you know a four year gap It's such a long time and we haven't yeah. seen or heard anything from them Because we didn't have you know constant exposure On social media then
2: yeah, now it's definitely <laughs> weirder. It was it was easier. To, it was easier to to exist quietly. too. now they it, everybody assumes if you're not making a post or doing anything or you know whatever, just showing your presence that you're done. And uh, yeah. that's usually not the case. Sometimes it's just uh, people are comfortable and actually enjoying their their time doing like, other shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> So well, the reason I had asked that if if you were an original member is because I I knew you weren't with Pulling Teeth, and I didn't know about. Um, I mean, I know you were. I assume you were with Old Lines, but I was. What I was getting to was that Neolithic seems to be something that you started. Is this is this uh, like? Do you consider this to be like Mitch's band with it? With no no insult to anybody in it, yeah. You
0: know, no, 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 no. I felt like at least with the Old Lines, that was like kind of. Well, the thing with old lines too, not to get off topic because I know you asked about Neolithic, but like how old lines started wasn't even old lines. It was just, again, just me and my friend who, my friend Jake Barry who played drums and happened to move in the basement because he just broke up with his girlfriend at the time. Because We all lived in a, um, you know, not, not necessarily like a, a punk house, but like, you know, a house that, um, you know, there's a recording studio in the basement and there's like practice spaces and it was all just like, you know, band people or just friends of, you know what I mean? It was just the house you'd get yeah. into if you needed a spot so um again that was just supposed to be with friends and there was another lineup before old lines that we tried that just like fell flat on its face so i just took the same songs with you know a different singer a different bassist um at the time and just kind of moved forward with that that's what it turned into and kind of same thing with neolithic i just started playing music with my buddy john john who i've known off and on since i was like 19 because we used to work together at guitar center Um, so we just kind of reconnected and started you know writing music and just kind of what neolithic turned into
2: is this the same guitar center that uh everybody worked at
0: yeah yeah that's the one in Towson.
2: one in Towson. uh adam jarvis was telling me some stories and of course i've heard yeah. plenty from dom and, oh yeah
0: uh, it, was, it, was, it was a total shit show at that place it was awesome because most guitar centers that i've traveled to while well, you know obviously on tour um they're pretty douchey. Like, they're, they're pretty awful. Um, whereas this one, at least for a short period of time, or like, a you know, a good window of time, um, there's at least one or two people in each department that were like, you know, good, like, legit humans. Um, but we also were, you know, so incredibly cruel and, and mean to each other. And we just, We are playing pranks on each other nonstop, uh, you know, just inappropriate prank calls to other people at other stores, just, you know, to mess with people. Um, and you know, the, the booby traps that me and Dom set for each other were, you know, quite violent <laughs> at certain points. So there was one time he, I think it was his first or second day. So I guess he was trying to make a, a good impression. Uh, he filled up a, um, like a medical glove with water thinking that it would explode if he threw it as hard as he could in my face. So he did that while we were checking the gear in front of front of our boss and it didn't explode. It just smacked me in the face. It sh- shot my glasses across the warehouse and all it, all it did was like, make me angry and everyone would just like shot when that happened. And Dom was just kind of like, oh. oops, sorry. You know. That's good. That's a good one.
2: That's that's funny. Espe- mm-hmm. Especially since uh, I wouldn't consider either you two to be the violent type at all. Well, we're not violent in the sense that we're trying to stab each other. I know, know, but just the fact that there would be that wonderful Canadian committing a violent act
0: on. Right. You think uh, think he's a wonderful (laughs) Canadian, but I I mean, if I don't think I've ever met anybody who can test a friendship or relationship like Dom can. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I know about that. I've yeah. seen it happen many times and, uh, and well, yeah, still, still very good friends with them myself. And, uh, oh, for sure. I, I've, I've, I've watched, uh, I've watched him torment many people mm-hmm. <laughs> for better or worse. But, uh, back to pulling teeth a little bit. You, were you in pulling teeth till the wheels fell off of that too? Yes. All right. So, so you ran a couple bands into the ground. Not your fault. Yeah. Right. But, oh, no, no, it's not my fault. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, so anyway, so you do, uh, do old lines for a little bit. I vaguely remember us. In our bands practicing in the same spot in Greek Town in that weird practice space.
0: Was it Greek Town or was it Sisson Street? Was that Remington? <clears throat> or was no, it, it was over uh, off of 40? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't uh, know if yeah. that would
2: still be Greek Town, but it was pretty fucking close. I Greektown.
0: think cause it was in that weird cusp between like Highland Town and Greek Town right there. Yeah. And, like, yeah. You, I know it was basically an abandoned warehouse building that had practice spaces. Right. That was right. that That psycho, like Scott Gately.
2: I'd always get parked in. I'd always come out when I was time to leave and I would work third shift. So I'd have to go to work from there. And Mm. uh, my car would always be parked in like an insane amount. (laughs) And I'd have to go (laughs) around knocking on doors and find it. And it, it always end up being... Oh, a, a literal band of mexicans because you know how they'd have those big mexican bands I
0: mean, like, they would have they have like mariachi bands stuff like that practice yeah, there it was
2: yeah, awesome. yeah and then we'd have to get like it's a shitload of them they go out in the parking lot and move their cars just so i could get mm-hmm. out to go to work it was a pain in the ass
0: yeah a couple i've had to break into there too i remember our old eyes played a, uh one of like the last shows at sonar i think it was like martyr dog black breath um <laughs> Who else uh, but uh the secret uh, there's like a southern lord records uh i think showcase right. tour or something like that and then we ended up hopping on it it was like a dual show between both rooms um but our drummer got like just slam wasted and just was, was blackout drunk and just wasn't moving and uh, um i had no clue where the keys were we couldn't we we, we lost like the the badge to you know yeah, scan it. Car in. and i remember having to like break into this place just to get to jake's car to drive him home it was you know an absurd <laughs> night that, that practice space can get can right off <laughs> well i think i've from what i
2: know it's gone but i don't yeah, that, know that i don't know anything that's happening <laughs> um so okay so let's go back to back to neolithic neolithic you do the you do a, a couple of whatever demo eps maybe and then there's a split with martyrdom how'd you get hooked up with martyrdom martyrdom i'm saying that
0: right I, I, Evan's buddies with them through like booking shows and whatnot. Mm, that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So because he he just, um, I guess, wrapped up, I'm not sure if they're coming back or not, but he just wrapped up the last Defest Fest with Ryan mm-hmm. um, through booking them through Defest Fest and just, yeah, I think, you know, they're buds. Um, so we just kind of, he, he contacted them on a whim. It's like, hey, you know, do you want to do a split? We have, we happen to have like the song after a recording session that we're trying to find somebody to do a split with. And uh, um, they also were in the same situation where they had uh, one song as well. And they were cool with it. And Deep Six wanted to put it out and, you know, it turned out awesome.
2: Yeah, no, it's good. I I like that split, too. And that's a that's a band I was already aware of before Mm -hmm. you guys paired up with them. So I was glad to see when you did. But this next one, the uh, the Shattering Vessels, which, like we said, comes out June 10th on The Others, The Other is The Others or The Other? The Other Records. The other records all right um is this the first set of songs you did with this lineup
0: um so, e- yes so the that five song ep the digital ep that we did that was just me john john and evan and pretty much everything up until shattering vessels was just me john john and evan recording um and then james willett who plays guitar and copas um he moved up closer to baltimore and you know Expressed interest in playing music. Uh, and he, I think he brought a lot of extra, you know, cool bells and whistles to the record. Most of the songs are pretty much written. Um, but having him join us made the writing process a lot more dynamic and fun. And it's not just, you know, me in my head worrying if I'm just rewriting the same song over and over again. Right. So it was, it was nice to have someone else to bounce ideas off of. And I think moving forward, too, um, he's going to be a bigger, you know, part of the writing process awesome well you also added um pat martin yeah he just played bass first for a while he still technically is he's been super busy with um end it obviously because they're you know they're awesome in there
2: yeah how do you sneak into that band how did they let that old he's like 10
0: think, years older than all of them at least yeah i know he, he <laughs> just, we just asked them they needed they <laughs> some, some cool points i guess so we got pat in the band but, uh, it's um, always
2: good to have a bartender in your band, right? Yeah. 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 Plus, is Pat. He's an awesome dude. So. <laughs> I know. Yes. Pat, Pat is beloved, Pat Martin, I should say.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, what, what, well, what I think is interesting when I look at who's, and I guess it's just, well, if any, if you would look at ex members, the ex the members or current members list of Neolithic, and I would see Ruiner, Pulling Teeth, Coke Bust, and it, I wouldn't think it would sound like it sounds like.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, also- and I like that. <laughs> Are you familiar with
2: John Johnson's old band, Sworn of the Lotus? Yes, yes, I am. But I, I, I'm 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 just concentrating on the ones that I don't think it sounds anything like.
0: Okay, I got
2: you. Because I think those are the names that'll that'll stick out to people if you look at from our my world, I guess. If mm-hmm. you if you look at the you know ex current members of, and I like that it's not what I would expect it to sound like. And okay, to yeah, me, it sounds right. way more death metal, especially this time around
0: and we didn't like mean to do that it just kind of like popped out yeah. like, we didn't have like a, a, a feeling it's like oh today we're gonna write a death metal record um it's just you know again i think i said this earlier too like to a certain degree i'm honestly changing anything i did you know writing wise or playing wise or even tuning wise i did that i wasn't doing when i was like 19 or 20 and it's not to say that i don't think i've gotten better as like you know guitarist or anything like that but I just, you know, constantly been playing music with different people over the course of my life. And I think that's, you know, had a heavy, heavy, you know, playing music with with Danny from Ruiner for, you know, three or four years straight, where we wrote, you know, however many records or songs that we wrote that had, you know, his style had an impact on me. And same thing with Don Pulling Teeth when, you know, I got to record on a few records <clears throat> before Pulling Teeth ended. And, you know, he was a big influence on me as well. But like, overall, I don't feel like I'm doing anything that much different other than just playing with different people interesting.
2: Well, I think it sounds different and I but in, in a good way. Um the I got I got to imagine and that having Evan in your band has to have some perks, right? That guy's got to have more connections. I mean, you guys all already I'm sure have plenty of connections, but this guy's got to have more connections than literally anybody else.
0: Uh like yes
2: and no. Um
0: but it's also <laughs> kind of like not necessarily you know, you gotta utilize them, but he's gotta. <laughs> sure, like I mean, he's booked some awesome bands, you know, bands that we've grown up listening to, and you know, to a certain degree, idolizing some of them. So he's gotten a lot of opportunities, but like that still doesn't mean we can't, or you know, we 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 still have to put in the groundwork. You know what I mean? We still have to participate sure. and stuff. Yeah. We, you know, help do shows and stuff like that. So it's not like uh, you know, you know, we're on island Def Jam, <laughs> so it's. <laughs> yeah you know, at the end of the day, we're still like, you know, a shitty punk band practicing in a basement. So. <laughs> well, how long
2: has, uh, has this record Shattering Vessels been, uh, in incubation? How long have you been working specifically on these songs?
0: Pretty much throughout the pandemic. Um, we finished recording it. I guess we started almost a year ago and finished the actual recording, I think in August or September, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then got it mastered and just kind of figured out what to do with it. So, um, but yeah, pretty much this is, this is a pandemic record. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think, I mean, I think anything that's going to come out yeah. in the next year or two is, and whether it has yeah. anything to do with it, it's, I mean, it's all going to be called that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely had more time to actually focus cause I wasn't allowed to leave my house. <laughs> you know, for, for a long period of time, other than going go to the grocery store. Um, and, you know, it was scary because me and my wife both got, you know, furloughed and eventually laid off. So, you know, there's plenty, plenty of uh, anxiety induced stress to channel into, um, you know, trying to write, trying to write a song just to kind of get some energy out and, you know, chill out and not get stressed about things you can't control. Yeah. Um, so that like that record is definitely cathartic and like I'm happy it's done because I, I got to push that time period, I guess, like out of my life. You know, or trying to push it behind us. So, um, but you know. I still still operate in just as much of the anxiety due stress anyway.
3: So,
2: <laughs> well, to expand on what you said, you are just happy happy that it's uh, that you got done. What are you looking for most forward to about the official release of
0: of that this record? People can hear it. Um, it's it's. I wish we could get some more shows booked. Um, but i'm not gonna pretend that hasn't been weird with pandemic stuff because like even if you get a string of shows booked, you put a bunch of time and energy of it into it one person gets sick with covid and it's done you know it's not even happening you got pat out there
2: testing the market for
0: you right now yeah yeah he's actually been been fine i guess they've had pretty good luck um as far as like not getting sick yeah but you know maybe he's just you know immune to the life in general but um (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's you know hopefully get to do more. We have a record release show on July fifteenth at the Autobar actually with um, mm. um, Contusion, which is our, our uh, uh, Chris Moore from Magruder Grind and uh, um, uh, Mark Bronzino that used to play in Iron Reagan and um, oh my god his other bands Mammoth Grinder. Or, oh or wow yeah. yeah yeah they're playing that too. Um, Ninth Rome and uh, um, we have Palau too, which is playing. They're from that kind of like closer to DC, but they're um, Mo Kevin. Be- Kevin Tits band, right? Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it up, is Kevin. Up the block I, I don't yeah. know Kevin as well. I think I just met Kevin recently, but I know uh, um, Rich Johnson too is playing bass for them as well.
2: Hmm. Okay. No
0: um, but uh, so so is there any?
2: I guess you kind of answered that, but any plans to take this thing on the road at all?
0: I hope so. We're, we haven't really had that conversation yet. We were just kind of trying to get it out there and kind of see what happens because uh, um, everyone's been busy. I work way too much. Um, you know, James has twins and Pat is on tour a lot with ended or also, you know, taking care of Metro gallery and Evan mm-hmm. has been going through a lot with, uh, Maryland death fest and he's got another band called my Asmetic necrosis. who are actually on tour in Europe. Um, so he's, he's just had a ton going on too. So hopefully we have that conversation soon and hopefully we get something booked. That's more than just, you know, playing a couple shows around Baltimore. Sure. So, yeah.
2: Well, uh, with this release, I think you mentioned that there is a there's a CD version of this. Is that the only physical copy that's coming out as, with
0: it? as of now? Um, because, you know, vinyl is is super crazy, super, you know, kind of expensive and, and you know, you know, wait lists are, are almost like, you know, a year, year and a half long now, too. And also, yeah. no, one, no, no one wanted to put it out on vinyl either. So huh. um, there's that, too. No one wanted to put it out on vinyl. You mean no, no other label, or you mean you guys? Yeah, yeah. We, it. we honestly haven't asked anybody. I kind of just threw this idea of having Jason do another cassette tape, and he he floated the idea of actually putting it out on CD um, with the idea, you know, if it does well, he will release it on vinyl too. But you know, if everything's crazy right now, so I'm not, I'm not holding. Yeah, it for, yeah. So,
2: yeah, it's. Uh, I can't imagine releasing new music on vinyl right now. I know that people people are doing it and g- more power to records. them. And if, if
0: you want to wait uh, a year and a half to get it, then
2: cool. Yeah, right. yeah, no, but I mean, like, I can I can understand maybe doing what like Dom's doing right now with the, the A389 stuff where it's retrospective mm-hmm. things, where it's discographies right. or old things and timeline doesn't necessarily matter. Um, right. But f- to write an album and then sit on it for a year and a half mm-hmm. until you can actually... Like I know, I know I know waiting periods normal, but not that long.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 tough. And then, you know, people are just answered to get back out and playing shows too to support it, you know, whatever they're putting out. Um, and that's, you know, getting not as complicated as it has been, but it's still it's still weird out there. So Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, all right. Um important question. Uh, would you rather lose your hearing or your hands? You keep your arms and you can get prosthetics
0: if you want, but there wouldn't be your real hands. And I think I'm way too ADD and antsy, so I think I would rather rather lose my hearing so I can still fidget and play guitar.
2: Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to I, hear I, it.
0: I could I could just start playing bass and just feel it feel the notes.
2: Well, nobody hears the bass anyway. Usually, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody's listening. You'll be the first person listening to bass. Um, yeah. No, I, I that's that's why as that's well wondered because you know play the guitar, but uh, if you can't hear it, then.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, can, I can still it's more of a visual you know learner I guess so before I could even hear what I was playing I had to see it anyway so I, I just I think I'd rather lose my hearing and keep my hands all right then forget that
2: eyes or legs
3: <sighs> um,
0: probably legs <laughs> probably like yeah who needs them right
2: You wash them much?
0: You know, (laughs) do you you wash your legs? This is important. I wash my legs. Yes, I do wash my legs every time. I I usually, I usually try to be pretty thorough when I take a shower. I've been in enough enough dingy, gross places traveling where I've been pretty, you know, paranoid about staying clean all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. That's good. That's the correct answer. I mean, as, as any adult, we should be washing our legs, but I know a lot of people just don't. They, they rely on runoff. And
3: you know, okay, fine.
2: I also don't blame them, but I don't know. I just need my any need my legs washed. Um, is there a theme to this record at all?
0: Um it, it's mostly like because Evan usually handles most of the lyrics, so I don't want to like <laughs> answer for him, obviously. Uh, but it, you know, it's mostly just like about war. You know, depression, darkness, despair. You know, death metal shit.
2: Yeah, the normal, the, the usual. Um, there is a. You you released a couple tracks already uh, that are out on streaming, right? two songs mm-hmm. i think how how's that gone over what's been the response so far for that
0: um yeah, if, if people have been listening to it it seems like people have been you know i guess engaging with us on social media and following and stuff like that and uh, uh you know a handful of orders and whatnot so people so people seem to be receiving it pretty well yeah i usually kind of wait a while before i kind of like you know oh shit, you know how many people are checking this out because it's just that'll just kind of drive you nuts and typically yeah yeah you know, <laughs> uh, for a while i didn't even ask uh, um jason for the other records if you know for the longest time if we he still had any tapes and the other day he just confirmed that they sold out and i was you know yes (laughs) accomplishment glad i waited a year and a half to ask
2: (laughs) what will make this this band this endeavor this record feel fulfilling to you
0: or is it already are we already there just the, work, the creation as far yeah the creation as far as it being released and the art record and um uh, i'm pretty happy with how everything came out how everything sounded to the point where i'm almost kind of concerned that you know we won't be able to do it justice live sometimes because i just think there are certain parts that turned out so well that kind of like caught me off guard for a little bit not to do my own horn or, or really it's more of a compliment to uh kevin bernstein he but you know, as far as sonically and how it you know came out, I'm pretty fulfilled. Like I'm not super unhappy at all. There's always something on every recording I wish I did slightly different or added like an extra harmony here and there. Mm-hmm. But in, in, you know, this is far and few between with that on this record. I'm pretty pumped how it came out and yeah, you know, well, you- what, what different things we experimented with. So it's just it was fun. It was fun writing the record. Plus two, also just you know, we took. We'll, we'll take things for granted, or, and, and when I say we, I'm speaking generally, um, just with like COVID and whatnot. And after that happened, as soon as we could get back in the studio, we could like we could tell there was like a slight difference too in everyone's attitude. Everyone was just like genuinely excited to record. Kevin was probably more refreshed because he wasn't recording as much uh, because of the pandemic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at the time, at least, then he got super busy because you know people got tired of the pandemic. Well, but, they had uh, a lot of time to write write yeah. records for him. To- <laughs> I do. So it, it was just, it's just cool to finally have something released and, you know, whatever happens as far as touring, if it happens, or if anyone picks it up for vinyl um, issue or anything like that, you know, whatever happens, cool. Um, if nothing, I'm still, you know, happy with the way we, what we put into it and how it came out. I think it sounds great.
2: Yeah, no, it does. I've listened to it a bunch of times now since you sent me the link. Uh, the The artwork, I found the artwork to be interesting, although I can only see it a little bit you know obviously i've not seen it full scale but the uh what is going what's going on there that looks a
0: little uh lord of the ringsian <laughs> so it was um it an artist that evan picked um again i feel like a terrible band-aid because his name escapes me right now um I'm very bad with names make it up um, but yeah he, he is one of his favorite artists um he we contacted him and he, he was you know able to give us some choices what we wanted and kind of picked on this and you know it we feel like it suits what we were going for sonically you know what i mean um yeah and in, we had some interior artwork too some extra artwork that we did we got that from an uh, artist um, who goes by the name of monster alphabet from belgium um he does some cool artwork too more, more tattooy artwork but just cool artwork in general nightjar illustration nightjar illustrations mm-hmm. he did the artwork he does some wild stuff so I had a hard time. So I remember what his name was. I can't pronounce it because I don't think he's from uh, anywhere with an easy name to pronounce. Um, but uh, uh, no, he did uh, the main artwork for the, the record, the front and the back. So I think it turned out super cool.
2: No, it, it does look cool. I mean, I was just seeing it on the uh, the SoundCloud thing. And I'm sure I, maybe I can even zoom in. But oh yeah, I can. There we go.
0: Yeah, hopefully, it, when we get a yeah. copy, should soon, so I'll just probably send you one.
2: That'd be cool. I would gladly accept that. So what happens? now with the band now you put the record out you play a record release show you said there's not much touring on the horizon
0: do you get back into writing mode or are you already in writing mode for the next always in writing mode i always have um i still have like a handful of songs that i'm still trying to do that just aren't neolithic songs with, with somebody um but yeah no i still have um half you can i mean i have about four or five new song ideas for that would be could be neolithic songs um always writing always jamming um yeah i can't sit still for too long you know um so yeah. to speak if we're not writing then we have to be practicing for a show so and again hopefully we can get some more shows lined up we just you know just haven't sat down to figure out what we're going to do yet
2: So there you have it. That was my conversation with Mitch and the song you just heard was Exercises in Terror from Shattering Vessels out now on the other records. Get it wherever you get things but uh, go out and buy a physical copy. I believe they are shipping CDs worldwide right now. Thank you to Mitch for coming on. We really did talk about doing that for a couple years believe it or not and uh, finally check that one off the list. Which is good. And I think we waited until they had their strongest material yet. Uh, if you go check out their other material. I would oh, I would suggest it. Um, I have all the stuff on vinyl up until now. Um, still need to grab this CD. But we'll be doing so in the near future. I suggest you do the same. Alright. So. That's going to be it for that part of the episode, which is like the main part, which means you can probably turn it off right now. But first, I want to tell you to go to gettingitout.net, specifically on days like today, Friday, where you can get a list of new releases where you will see a link to buy it, physical, to buy a physical copy of the album, where you will see a preview player where you can listen to a track from the album whether that's usually a band camp in bed or sometimes a youtube video i'm pretty negative on the youtube video i don't like putting a youtube video in there i feel like it gives somebody a feature in that list where i don't want it to be anybody with a feature i want it to be a list where you can go and check out what's new each and every week it's up there right now this week's big new release is municipal waste i'd have to say there is also one from holder which i know is on a lot of people's radar and what else is there Let's see. I'm going to check out the list in real time. There's Downfall from Richmond, Virginia, if you're into hardcore. Kings Never Die, which you'll hear in an upcoming episode. St. Asonia, which if you like Stained or Three Days Grace, that's your band. And you think I'm joking. But hey, man, I like Mike Mushok, and I used to love Stained. So, uh, yeah, check that out if you're interested. I also want you to go read the new review for the album Praise Armageddonism by Blood Command, written by Ryan Rainbow of the Meep Meep podcast. Glad to have him on board to submit a review for gettingitout.net. Go check that out. I believe he says that his his favorite band, so maybe he can convince you that it should be yours too. Go give it a read. Go check them out. You can follow all this on Instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. And that's going to be it for this episode. But I want to leave you with a track from Blasphemous Creation. It is off their recently released EP, Beyond the Grave. It's called Diabolical Kingdom. It's out now on Horror Pain Gore Death Productions, and you can find that everywhere. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.